Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you are the Savior of heaven and earth. Thank you that you came to earth and gave your life. You died on the cross. You shed your blood for us that we can then have a way to go to the Father, that through you we can go to the Father and we can have eternal life. God, I thank you. I thank you for every life in here. I thank you for every mom, every dad, every friend, every sister, every individual that's in here. I thank you for the worship team. I thank you for every single one of the worship team. I thank you for all the songs that they've led this morning. I just pray a blessing over everyone in this house and that as I share from my heart and I tell my stories, that you would be glorified, God. That you would be magnified. That people would know the hope that there is in you. That no situation is ever hopeless because in you there is hope. In you is, is life. In you is answers. You are the answer. You the way, the truth, and the life. God, I thank you. I thank you, and I just pray a blessing on everybody. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for doing In Over My Head. That was so good. That's one of my favorite songs. Thank you, thank you. Did you remember that when you were picking it? You did? That's when it pays to have your son up here. You get some of your favorite stuff happening. Well, happy Mother's Day and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I know we have some visitors with us because um, baby dedication today, which I love baby dedication and I love how we do it with everyone standing at the front. I'm just going to check my time here because uh, I want to I be timely. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, I am Sherry Dowling. And my husband, Kevin, and I planted uh, Desert Stream back in 1995, so we planted this church. Um, I have been doing life with Kevin um, we were, since May 12, 1984. So this week, we will be married 38 years. Yeah. There's been a lot of... Uh, Good things in there. There's been some interesting things in there. <laughs> interesting things in there. Oh, boy. I'm sure my kids could tell you a story or two. And we've been in full-time ministry uh, since uh, 1985. No, 19, yeah, 1985, January 1st, 1985. I'm a, a mother to three kids. Our oldest son, Ryan, will be 36 soon. And we have a daughter, Amanda, who's 32. And Derek, our youngest, my baby, that was my baby. He'll always be my baby boy. And he knows that. He's okay with that. And he's 31. And they are all married. And we have three incredible in-law kids. And, you know, we need to be grateful for our in-law kids. And we need to speak blessing over our in-law kids. I am so grateful for who God brought into my kids' lives. I have two amazing daughter-in-laws, Jenna and Paula, and then a, a, just a wonderful son-in-law, John, and I am just so grateful for them. And I am a grandmother, or a Nina, as my kids call me, to 12 grandchildren. I know, 12. 
12. Kevin, uh, they, they weren't all planning to go up to 12, wasn't going to be the total, but uh, Papa prayed and wanted a dozen, and uh, Ryan and Jenna got baby number five. So, so um, we are just so blessed. I taught, thought of trying to name them all. I even wrote all their names down, but honestly, I'm, I get so bad with names that I know I'm going to fumble it, and then I will be the joke over family dinners for the next three years. Like literally, literally, our kids will not let up at all. They always tease me when I'd go home to visit my family, then I'd come back and I'd be calling Derek uh, Darren, because that's my brother, and I would be calling Ryan, my other brother, Rodney. So, so, um, yeah, so I, um, let me just see where I'm at here. I have 11 pages of notes, but don't panic. It's really big print. <laughs> really big print, trust me. Like, you could probably read it from there. So I have many, many roles. And even in this room, I get thinking, um, I, I, my sister's here. I'm a, I'm a sister. I'm an aunt to people in this room. I'm a friend. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother and Nina. Uh, some of you refer to me as the church mama. Other people call me Mama Bear and Mama Dowling. So there's so many roles, so many relationships that I am so grateful for. But the relationship that I am most grateful for is that I'm a daughter and a most high God and I'm a child of God. And because of that, because of that, I know whose I am. And I've come into a greater understanding in the, great, in the last few years of whose I am and who I belong to. And I belong to God. And because I belong to God, and because I know whose I am, it has so greatly impacted me, especially in the last decade or two. It has really impacted how I do life. And I wanted to share a bit about that. I thought, what would I want to tell my younger self and there's so many mothering advice words and different things I could tell you. But the most important thing I could tell you is to mother from a place of knowing whose you are. Because that changes everything. That shifts absolutely everything in your life. In my early years, um, I went into parenting and into being a mother thinking that it was going to be a breeze. I had babysat so many kids over the years. I know you're all laughing, thinking, really? How many drugs did you do as a teenager? I did none. None. Never have. Never will. But I had babysat so much that honestly, I went into parenting thinking this is a breeze. Like I had babysitting contracts. I had people in the summer who would book me for every Friday night for three months and they would pay me even if they didn't go out. So I was a babysitter on, I was a babysitter on retainer. Is that what you'd call it? <laughs> so I babysat a lot of kids. Um, it was just a way of life. I loved it. And to be honest, I was pretty good at it. Um, but then I became a mother and I went from thinking I knew everything and I knew how to do this to thinking, oh my goodness, I know nothing. And I just felt very lost at times. Can you relate to me, ladies? So lost at times. And as I reflect back, if I was to describe a lot of where I parented from or where I ended up at times, not all the time, but at times, I was in a place of lack. 
in a place of scarcity, in a place of feeling that I wasn't good enough, in a place of um, doing a lot of comparing, which really you compare because you feel like you're lacking, so you're comparing yourself to other people, and a lot of shame and mom guilt. Anyone deal with mom guilt? Mom guilt. Mom guilt is all-consuming. I remember I would get the kids to bed at night and think, finally, I'm going to get, you know, some time and some downtime. I'd get them to bed, and then I'd go over the checklist in my mind. How many times I yelled? How many times I didn't listen? How many times I did this? How many times I did that? Anyone, anyone else do it? Am I just, am I the only one? And I would just, I would lament and... Kevin would say to me, what are you doing? And I said, I just, I feel so bad. And he would say to me, it's spilt milk, Sherry. You can't change it. That's what happened. It's spilt milk. But I felt like I'd lacked, lacked, lacked in so many areas. Um, too often I related to, um, to the line in the movie, uh, Night's Tale. Any of I don't know if anyone's watched Night's Tale. It's an older one. Great soundtrack, by the way. <laughs> Love the soundtrack from that. Um, but uh, at one point, there's a line in there, and it says, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting. In other words, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found lacking. And I had a lot of the mum guilt in those years where I really felt that described me, that I simply didn't measure up. Ladies, moms, has anyone else been there? <sighs> okay, I got Kleenex here for a reason because I'll probably choke up. I was trying to read Kevin my notes last night and I was crying. I think I was bawling as I was reading. Um, have you ever felt like you didn't measure up? Have you struggled with comparing yourself to others, feeling like you're not smart enough, you're not wise enough, you're never rested enough, not patient enough, not talented enough, never have enough money, not a good enough parent, and the list goes on and on and on. Brene Brown says that scarcity is the fear of lack and not having or being enough. The three components of scarcity or lack are, this is interesting, because this is um, Brene Brown, I should have given reference to it. Brene Brown um, does research on behavioral patterns and she's done TED Talks and all kinds of things. So she's done this for years. She did a, a whole study on scarcity, I think an eight-year study on it. And she says there's three components to scarcity and lack, and they are disengagement, shame, and comparison. Think about that. Parenting from a place of lack, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a poverty mindset. It's not a kingdom mindset. It's a poverty mindset. There's nothing... Of humility in it, it's a poverty mindset. It's very limiting and not at all what God has planned or purpose for you or your family. Not for any of us. He came to give us life 
and life more, more, more abundant. He came to, came to give us life and life how? More and more abundant. Parenting from knowing who you are as a child of God, as a kingdom mom, it changes everything. Literally, it changes everything. It shifts everything because there are no limits. He's not the God of just enough. He's the God of plenty. He's the God of more, more, more than enough. For starters, it means you're not doing things on your own when you're doing it as a kingdom mom and a kingdom daughter. You're not doing things on your own. You're never alone. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you're, you're single parenting, you're not alone because God's there with you. It means that you have access to so many things. You have access to an all-wise God. I think that's one of my favorite things, and that's one of the things I've tapped into the most, is knowing that I have access to the wisdom of God. I'm his daughter. Why wouldn't I have access to it? I mean, if my kids want the truck, dad will hand them the keys, maybe a bit more begrudgingly now, but, but you have access to that. Are you having challenges understanding your children, struggling to know how to discipline them, how to teach them, even perhaps how they learn best, how to communicate with them? Who better to go to than the God who created them? Who better to go to than the God who knew them before they were even formed in your womb? You know, before I planned and purpose for my kids, God already had a plan for them. God already knew every detail. He knew every hair on their head. He could count them. And I got thinking about that. I lose a lot of hair every day. So I'm thinking, he must be doing a count every day because I have a lot of hair. But he knows every detail about your child. So who better to go to when you don't know what to do? You don't know how to discipline. You don't know how to handle them. You don't know how to love them the way they need to be loved. Go to the God who knows them in James 1 and 5. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all, to all, sorry, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Let me repeat that. James 1 and 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and he will be, it will be given to you. And so that's a prayer that I really dug into, a verse I really dug into uh, in when I was 29 years old. I'm now 60. So I've been praying that prayer a long time. But I began to pray, and I would go to God and ask God for wisdom. And I do this daily. I do it. There wouldn't be a day goes by. When every time, you know, your kids are transitioning into a new stage, you've just figured out how to handle the terrible twos, they're in a new stage, and you don't know how to handle it. And, and let me tell you something, I've read, I read every book there was on parenting, and there's some awesome books on parenting. There are fantastic podcasts on parenting, and there is so much great stuff, and I had good friends who gave me great advice and input that I would go to for godly counsel, but there is no substitute for you as moms and us as women 
going directly to God and asking God for wisdom and input on how to raise our kids. And he's going to be generous in, in showing us and teaching us and helping us in that journey. Um, I just have seen that prayer answered again and again and again. And I just, I go in, around my house just declaring that. I just, even over grandkids, when we're out in the uh, Easter, the grandkids were all over. And when our family all comes over, there's 20 of us. So it's pretty loud, pretty busy, a lot of fun. Um, but I was outside because it was what, I think five of the older grandkids were downstairs in the basement and some of the parents were in the living room and some were out walking and the babies were, I think, with the parents in the living room and then there was another five kids outside. There, I counted for all 12. <laughs> and there was five of the kids outside and they would each take turns and come up with me and sit on a swing we have in the backyard. And as they'd sit with me on the swing, I'd just hold their hand because you know, being tactile and touching, and I would just just pray over them gently. I didn't shut my eyes. It wasn't a thus saith the Lord. It was just, you know, God, you know, you know Lachlan, and you know all the things about Lachlan, and you've, you've created him. You've created him, and knowing all the details about him, God, help us to understand how we can best love Lachlan. Help us understand how we can best encourage Lachlan, God, I pray for who he's going to be uh, as a man and who he's growing into and his future spouse. And you just, you just pray, just talk over them. Just, I love, I love you, Lachlan, and this is what I love about you. And you just begin to pray and just speak over your kids and your grandkids and you just speak life. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. And my first time in church was when I was 10 days old. Um, and when I was 10 days old, that was uh, February 18th, 1962. My parents brought me to church for the first time, and they dedicated me to the Lord, just like parents are going to be doing today. They dedicated me to the Lord, and they were faithful to take me to the house of the Lord. And I was there. I got all those pins, I don't know if people remember when you used to get pins for perfect attendance, you could miss two weeks for holidays, and if you were sick, I think you could miss a couple other weeks. Um, that's how it was done back then. I still have it. Um, so, I mean, my parents were faithful. They were faithful to raise me in the ways of the Lord. They were faithful to bring me into the house of the Lord. They truly uh, dedicated me and really followed through in commitment, in that commitment they made. Um, and I don't recall ever not loving the Lord because it was just part of life. Uh, there, I never walked away from the Lord. I never walked in rebellion. I had seasons of confusion where I could have made better choices, but I never walked away from the Lord. I always remember loving the Lord, loving being in his presence. But I had some disconnects. Um, as the years went on, um, in my prayer life, I would ask God for things for other people, but I would rarely ask for anything for myself. Rarely. I wasn't taught that. I'm not quite sure why I did that. But it was as though I thought if I asked God for more, that it would be the, at the expense of somebody else getting less. Does that make sense? It's such a weird thinking when you think about 
it's not like God has this family budget and there's only so much. Like, think about it. You know, he didn't do Dave Ramsey. He's got the wealth. He's, he's, he's all-knowing. He's rich in wisdom. He's rich in knowledge. He always has been. He forever will be. He is everywhere. I mean, this is a God of no limits. But, but in my mind, I had somehow, like the song said today, help me tear down the boxes. And I had boxes on God's limits. And I just didn't ask for more. And then I ended up with some small-mindedness in there. And I probably, unintentionally, probably, you know, would not... Um, I didn't parent my kids from a place of plenty, let's put it that way. It's probably the easiest way to say. Um, it was like I thought that God just wouldn't have enough, and yet, and yet we know now God is able to do us exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond, above and beyond, above and beyond, above and beyond all we can ask or think. That's who God is. The first time I think I truly grasped that um, was in a, a story I'm going to tell you. And it's about our family. And uh, I'm a storyteller. That's part of who I am and who God created, to me, created me to be. We had had Jeff Johns here speaking. We'd done a conference. And he uh, addressed about praying with your kids and teaching your kids in prayer to not say to them, not in prayer necessarily, sorry, but in conversation, not to tell your kids, we can't afford that. We don't have money for that. He said, don't present to your kids a stingy God. Don't present to your kids a God of lack. He said, it's okay to say to them, we need to plan for that, or let's put that on the list, or better yet, we can't do that right now, but maybe later. But you know what? We're going to pray with you about that. We're going to agree with you in prayer about that. It's really good stuff. That was, Kevin and I went home, and God really gave us a good swift kick in the rear end on that one. There's no other way to put it, because that's what happened. And we felt, we felt true godly conviction that we had to change some things. And probably more so me than Kevin, because I ran, I ran a tight ship with the budget. And I was very pragmatic. And, uh, and I didn't ask God for more, as you know from what I've said. So Christmas is coming. Kids, we get their list. We get all their stuff. We're all ready. Christmas Eve rolls around. And um, Kevin decides he wanted these little sausages for Christmas morning. The round patties. The round patties. Just a minute, I need a drink here. So he decided he wanted these patties. Now my husband hates going to the grocery store with a passion. He'll now come with me, but he probably had a decade where he never went to the grocery store. Never. There's lots of other things but he hated going to the grocery store. So I just didn't ask him because quite honestly, I didn't want to hear him bellyache about it after. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> and I get to tell on you for once. So much fun. <laughs> How does it feel that she being on the other foot there? 
Uh, so he goes to the store without me and he gets his sausage patties. And while he's there, of course, he runs into somebody he knows, the teller, and he's chatting with her and she's talking about she's downsizing um, and doing all this. I got myself ahead of, I got ahead of my story here. I forgot an important part, really important part. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. Okay. So we asked the kids for their list. We got their Christmas list of everything they wanted. Had the gift spot, and it's the week before Christmas. And Derek comes along, and he's changed his mind again. (laughs) He did it to us about five years prior to that. I think when he was about five years old, he had given us his Christmas list. Well, he'd written the letter to Santa, and... Everything was taken care of. Everything was ready. And then I think it was a day before Christmas that year when he was five, he announced to us that he had changed his mind and he wanted something different. And we said, it's it's too late. You can't get the letter to Santa now. And he said to us, I kid you not, that's okay. I prayed and told Jesus and he's going to tell Santa for me. love kids theology. Come on. Like, is that great or what? So here we are five years later, same thing. I think it was this time, I think it was like five days before Christmas. And Derek says, mom, dad, I've changed my mind on what I want. What I really, really want is a guitar. And I'm thinking, I know the budget. I know where it's at. I know we bought the gifts. I know we're, if we get him a guitar, we're going to have to make it even. I just, I'm doing the math in my head and I'm going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And, and I'm just, Kevin and I just looked at him and said, Derek, you know what? At this stage, we, um, we can't make that happen for you this Christmas. Um, we can plan for it. We were doing more kingdom parenting here. We can plan for it. And uh, you know what though, Derek? Let's pray with you about it. Let's pray with you. So we just, simple prayer, we just prayed, Jesus, um, you know, this is the desire of Derek's heart, and we know that you love to bless your children and good, give good gifts to your kids, and you love to give us the desires of our heart. So God, we're just praying that, that you would bring a guitar his way, and we just trust you in your timing, and we know that you're a good God. That was it. Then fast forward, Kevin's at the store buying the sausages, talks to the lady at the grocery store, the teller, just chit-chats, just doing life, chit-chatting, having conversation. He leaves, comes home. That night we go out to, I think it was Barry and Tammy, it was your house. Actually, I think it was, uh, we were at John and Diana's first with their gang, and then we were at Barry and Tammy's later. And came home Christmas Eve, and the neighbor shows up at our door, and the neighbor's carrying guess what? A guitar. We had told nobody else. The neighbor's carrying a guitar. Oh, it gets better. The neighbor's carrying a guitar case. I'm totally not thinking of it. I look at her and I said, oh, you borrowed Kevin's guitar and returning it? She said, no, Alice came. And Alice, when you weren't home, Alice used to be my neighbor. So she came to my house and said to me, the guitar was for Pastor Kevin, 
And she said, and God told her that Pastor Kevin would know what he was to do with it. I kid you not. True story. True story. The guitar is not even out of her hands when Derek is coming up the stairs. Hears her say the whole Pastor Kevin will know what to do with it. And Derek, being the youngest child, very subdued, very quiet, yells, my guitar's here! And he grabs it and he runs. And we just watched it, the whole thing unfold. Because we didn't base it on what we had. We came from a place of whose we were. And as being kingdom moms, kingdom dad, that we had access to the kingdom father who has the kingdom finances. And my son got an awesome guitar. And Kevin initially taught him on the guitar. And then Derek, uh, Ryan, sorry, our oldest son, taught him on the guitar and was showing him different things. And I remember the day when uh, Ryan's showing Derek some things on the guitar, and all of a sudden Ryan stops and he punches Derek in the arm. And... Uh, Derek's going, what's that for? And he said, that's for being better than me on the guitar. (laughs) And it just went from there. It was a passion and a desire that God had placed there. We didn't know that. We just didn't know that. But it was, the guitar literally was a gift from God. And Derek then began to play. Uh, He practiced endlessly. It was painful in the beginning. But it was, actually, when you first began to sing, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> I did a lot of long walks on those days. But he just, he just dug into it. He looked things up online. Um, and we never, we never ended up paying for a single lesson. And it's not because we didn't want to. It's because he so longed, and it was such a deep desire that God had placed there, that he just went after it, and he practiced and practiced and practiced. And now there's my baby that we agreed with in prayer on a godly principle to a kingdom God to answer his prayer, and he's up front, worshiping God, playing, writing songs, and he's been a gift to the body. I'm just about done here. Moms, dads, but especially moms today, set aside what you think you lack and lean in to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lean into your Lord and Savior. Keep your eyes and your focus on Him. He will be faithful to you on this journey. And on days when you do feel like you lack, when you go to him, I'm telling you time and time again, I've seen it happen where God just comes in 
And as you go to him where you lack and you get to tap into his plenty. And it's a beautiful place to be. Moms, when you parent from the knowledge of whose you are, the knowledge of who you are as a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you parent totally different. Everything has changed. Everything is different. You discipline differently. You pray differently. Because you're praying, you're praying from a place of authority. Think about it. If I'm the daughter of the king, I got authority. I've got authority. And I don't mean like an arrogant authority, but it's an assurance that, that I'm not just praying to the wind. I'm assured and I know that my prayers are being heard and I know that he is faithful and he's, he's an incredibly good God. And you encourage differently. But here's a huge one, is you celebrate people differently. You celebrate differently because, because you're no longer coming from a place of lack, so you're no longer comparing. And so how you celebrate, I, I love to celebrate other people's success. And I have learned, the more I know who I am in Christ, the more I know whose I am and lean into that, the more I can celebrate other people. So I just bless you as moms. I bless you to have an awesome day, but I bless you to have an awesome year. I bless you to have just an awesome time in raising your children and in developing your relationship with the Lord and in teaching those principles to your children. So right now, God, I just pray. I pray for every, every woman in this house. I pray for every mother, every sister, every daughter. I pray, God, that they would know the kindness of God, that they would know your love, that they would know how much you absolutely adore them, how you love them, how you planned and purposed for them. And God, I pray that they would know that even on their worst day, they're still totally adored by God. And he still looks at them as though they're absolute perfection. And God, I just pray that they would, uh, each one of us would begin to walk in the authority that you've given us, in who we are as your daughters. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.